from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. Lots to talk about today. Thanks for listening. If you missed yesterday, we did a big review on... The salary cap situation, Chris went through uh, the equation and see what he could make in terms of cap space. Interesting discussion there, and we went through the Chiefs free agents, so make sure you check back on that. That's kind of the primer for what's going to set us up for this discussion uh, as we move through the offseason and what they should do. Today, we're going to recap the Pro Bowl a little bit. Chiefs had some influence there. Uh, the Senior Bowl, I'm going to give you a rundown of some of the positions and the names that you want to start looking for as we get ready for the combine that's a little over a month away. Uh, as well as doing some tape work, as that will be coming up soon, too. If you're not subscribed yet, give that a shot, either on Google Play is the easiest, uh, along with iTunes. We're kind of everywhere. Uh, give us any questions that you have at hashtag Chiefs, Locked on Chiefs Mailbag, uh, as well as uh, the phone number, 913-777-4457. <laughs> That's the voicemail line. If you have a question you want answered on the air, Go ahead and leave us that, and we will try to grab your message and put it into the show. So thanks for your time. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and an analyst over at Chiefs Digest. And I am Chris Clark. I am the managing editor of LockedOnChiefs.com and a staff writer at Arrowhead Attic. And thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Now, before we get rolling, I need to touch because a little bit of news came out uh, on Monday, and that is that we all knew uh, Brad Childress was reported to be retiring. Well, he's not alone. Tommy Brasher is retiring as well. So, you know, a a guy that's been on the staff since Andy Reid came into town, uh, they're going to move on from him as he sails off into the sunset for his retirement. Probably not un called for not uh, a surprise to anyone but what is the surprise is Gary Gibbs has not been retained he will not be returning to the coaching staff he has coached the linebackers uh, since Andy Reid came to this team uh, and it's kind of a shock uh, I think that he was probably one of the uh, coaches that in general was more highly regarded for his job in Kansas City evidently they feel they need a change there um, and if they get more aggressive and can bring more out of that particular group which I think uh, has the most potential of any defensive unit subgroup on this defense uh, I think that's a good thing uh, what they did is they went and uh, elevated a couple of guys we knew about Mike Kafka uh, now Mark DeLeon will coach the inside linebackers and Mike Smith will coach the outside linebacker. So they're splitting those responsibilities, spending a little bit more, hopefully, on pass rush. Uh, with those young players, they need to concentrate on pass rush, hand technique, uh, really how to play with leverage, how to not just use your physical attributes like D's first step and Tano's power. Uh, but they need better, more intensive coaching. And I think that's probably the reason that this occurred. Uh, in terms of the outside linebackers, uh, Mark DeLeon's got a good reputation, as does Smith. Um, guys that have moved around a little bit. Um, both have been here for quite a while, but DeLeon uh, is a guy that has coached linebackers before. Uh, whereas Smith has been a, a coordinator at the college level at Texas Tech, but has also worked with the defensive line. So I guess that makes more sense that when you're talking about pass rush, and an outside linebacker group that you quite often put their hands in the dirt and play them as 4-3 Ds in the nickel package. That makes sense. So I think you're going to see some good things there. Uh, and again, breaking down those responsibilities, not A, linebackers, coach, and assistants, but guys that are specific to the in-out part of this 3-4, uh, which obviously have very drastic differences in what they have to do on the field. So 
That's really the news of the day. Um, the other assistants that were hired, it was kind of a recap uh, as they went through. But that's really going to be what's going to go on. There's also an assistant line coach uh, in, in Corey Mathow. Mathow, I think that's how you say it, yeah. Matthew, with a strange spelling, possibly. Uh, as well as a couple of, of younger guys, uh, Joe uh, Blamire is going to be the pass game analyst, uh, an assistant quarterbacks coach. So they're just kind of realigning a couple of things, guys. They've been in the program before. A lot of internal uplift for this staff. Obviously didn't turn over the guy at the top of the defense. Not going to turn over the guy at the top of the offense. So uh, they're trying to build. And I hope this brings some edge to the defense in terms of its uh, tenacity and hopefully gives them a little bit more fire. Well, the Pro Bowl, uh, you know, didn't think it was going to be kind of a big deal, but uh, Kareem Hunt got a few carries, uh, more effective in the passing game. Uh, Tyreek Hill got a, a, a pass, and it was raining. It was a very interesting game. But Alex Smith kind of made another step forward and put himself out there a little bit. Uh, AFC was getting their butt kicked, and uh, Smith threw a touchdown pass to Delaney Walker and kind of sparked their comeback. Well, and it's good that Smith threw that touchdown because Tyreek Hill actually let them down with a fumble. Uh, on a punt return. So uh, a little hurtful there, but um, they were able to get through it. You know, Alex Smith did have a touchdown, threw for 131 yards, uh, had the most yards of the AFC, uh, threw a pick as well, again, to Delaney Walker. So he threw to Delaney Walker multiple times, uh, and Walker ended up getting two touchdowns on the day. Yeah, Walker had a nice game, you know, an athletic tight end that, you know, if you were a quarterback who's not used to playing in a scheme or a system or with a group of people, the tight end's kind of your first uh, first and only friend. So uh, good to see that. Kind of wish Travis Kelsey had made the trip, but it is what it is. Well, but it also came down to the fact that, uh, um, you know, Alex Smith also had a deep ball to Jarvis Landry that was right on the money as well. Oh, now you're talking about that Jarvis Landry money. <laughs> Well, I just think, I just think it's funny that Alex Smith I think had the the long and I could be wrong but the longest pass play I believe for at least the AFC uh, and you know game manager and probably his last game for a chief, in a Chiefs helmet and I didn't realize this but it was pointed out um, that the AFC is playing in red and gold that's kind of uh, funny as well to me is you know when you think about it. <laughs> Yeah, that nice little fade they had going. I actually like that this year. Um, And I'm glad they didn't do the fantasy draft thing again. Uh, You know, honestly, I think that's a kind of – I think that would be a cool thing for them to do, but I get why they didn't. It's also a pain. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's a lot more production there. But I thought uh, thought it was good that, you know, obviously guys don't – try to hurt each other then it's not a hard hitting game but uh they look competitive and when they took the lead at the end uh i thought it was it was pretty cool to see everybody get real excited and i guess when it comes down to it you are making double the money if you're the winner in the pro bowl yeah they figured out that they're doubling their paycheck by winning the game and travis kelsey got double the paycheck for doing nothing so or well i guess no he doesn't get double the paycheck i think he gets a split pay from what i read but well done, Travis. <laughs> For sitting at home in Kansas City. Yeah. yeah well done. Now, deal. the other highlight of the weekend uh, was happening down in Mobile, Alabama. If you have been on my timeline at all this weekend, uh, you've seen a number of takes on a number of players. Um, it's an and interesting I year. ahead of time. Yeah, well, 
get ready. It's the off season. This is what's going to happen now. Uh, you know, the Senior Bowl is a really interesting outing, and I think it's it's key. And we've seen it from John Dorsey, who who puts a lot of weight in it, uh, and have to feel like Brett Veach coming out of that tree, especially with Andy helping through this first offseason as GM. I, I have to think that they're going to put a lot of stock into it too. So guys that performed well at the Senior Bowl have, have a tendency to end up on the Chiefs roster. There's somebody that played there this weekend that's going to be a Chief. That's pretty much the way I feel about it. But uh, Multiple somebody's more than likely. Yeah, if it goes the way. Now, you know, this is, a, this is an offseason where they don't have quite as many picks. So we're going to go through that, and, and whether they can fit or not, there are definitely guys that can fill some of the Chiefs' needs at a number of different positions. It doesn't necessarily have to be all, you know, the the number, what is it, 56 overall that the Chiefs have uh, to begin with, or 54. 54 and 86 are, are the day three picks the Chiefs have currently. Uh, but a number of guys vying for those spots. Um, I spent my time running down a lot of the positions that the Chiefs need. And I wonder, you know, if you if you have anything that you want to add or, or know uh, beyond that you want to look at besides those three positions. What are your three positions? I think I have a pretty good idea, but just want to verify. Edge rusher, corner, and guard. Okay. Uh, I think safety is something that they're probably going to look at too. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me for them to, to look at uh, – you know, I think guard is is definitely going to be one, but tight end as well. Yeah, and and that brings me to one of the guys that I wanted to fill people in about. I'm going to have uh, our first, the official first version of the mock draft for the LockedOnChiefs.com. That's where most of our drafts is going to come this year. So if y'all are listening, make sure you're keeping an ear out and eye out for that. I'm going to do a mock probably the week after the Super Bowl, and we're gonna we're gonna include. A lot of guys that are going to be day three guys that can fill some significant roles for this team. And one of them that I just came away with really liking is a guy out of Notre Dame uh, named Durham Smythe. He's a fairly athletic, uh, tall, well-rounded tight end is what he is. Uh, He caught nearly everything he was thrown all week long. Uh, He played well, uh, scored a touchdown, I believe, in the actual game itself in Mobile, uh, and really did some things to put himself on the map, a guy that was asked to block quite a bit in college, which I think the Chiefs need. Uh, Travis Kelsey is is what he is. He's an explosive talent. He's not a blocker. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Uh, this guy in particular is not Jason Dunn, but he's, he's a guy that can play both roles, and as your backup tight end, I think you can invest a, a third-day pick in him, uh, and he's going to give you some valuable snaps, in my opinion. Well, and it's something that I think they definitely need is is going and getting a second tight end uh, that can be successful for them. Um, you know, Demetrius Harris, whether or not uh, he's still going to be there, we don't know. Um, you know, we talked about yesterday, it's possible he won't be, uh, but it's also possible he will be. We just don't know what they're going to do and how they're looking at that situation. Yeah, and that's that's really the question, Mark. I, I like what you did with uh, his release uh, in that cap uh, equation yesterday, and I think this is a guy that could fill in. There's a number of other guys, too. A kid named Akins out of UCF that I thought uh, showed some some things that the Chiefs can use, both as a pass catcher, but again, as a big body that can play some H, uh, which uh, Smythe can do as well. Um, gives him a piece that can block a little bit, can catch a little bit, and that Andy Reid can move around a lot. Uh, I, think, I think that's something that they can really use. Um, I don't know where you want to go next. 
Well, I, the only ones, and I will admit I didn't get a chance to watch the Senior Bowl. I did pay attention to Twitter a lot. Uh, kind of curious what your thoughts are on guard uh, with the different players there. Because there was yeah. a guy that was actually in uh, playing tackle, I believe, most of the week, but actually got some guard snaps, and I thought I heard he played really well. Yeah, and that's Alex Cap out of Humboldt. And I, I know that you had caught uh, wind of him as a tackle because he, he played pretty well in practice all week long, uh, taking on some, especially the speed rushers, uh, and did well, held up nicely. And then all of a sudden, I I didn't see him personally rep at guard during the week. Uh, you know, And we're going to check in with some guys uh, over this offseason, uh, guys that are on the Locked On Network, uh, John Ledyard, uh, Jeff Lloyd, our old friend Mark Schofield, he'll be back. And these are guys that all make their hay during draft season. Um, so, folks, keep an eye out for that. We're going to get opinions for as many people as we can. If you missed uh, the show with Matt Miller last week, go check that out as well. And I think Kappa stood out that way. And, and maybe those guys that were there saw Kappa take guard reps, but I personally didn't. Uh, I didn't see every minute of every practice. And obviously, I'm reliant on the broadcast. But I thought he went inside. And I thought the speed inside is a little bit quicker. Things happen quicker uh, when they're right in your face like that. I think he handled that well. I think his athleticism aids him in that, uh, in that he can move. Uh, and he uses well, his feet pretty well. And our buddy Matt Miller pointed out that his – nastiness is actually could really well equate to him playing inside. Yeah, for sure. That, that streak will only aid him when he's got, it's a little more up, up close and personal when you're an interior lineman. Um, I thought at tackle, he did pretty well. Um, definitely had a way to, to, uh, he liked to jack guys up and get them off balance. And he didn't just want to make a block. He wanted to send a message a couple of times, jack guys up, put them on their butt as they were trying to rush them. And I, I thought that was a nice sign. Uh, he definitely is probably, Amongst the offensive line group, I think one of the guys that made the most money for himself. Uh, I think he's going to test well because he looks like a pretty good athlete. Uh, the strength is going to be a question mark. Um, but, you know, there are guys like that all over the place. So uh, we're going to see how that comes out but as well. Coming from where he's coming from, strength really isn't an issue for me because I think you can go and uh, as long as he's able to add strength, and I think most of those players are going to be able to add strength, uh, you know, you look at what Parker Iyer was his first year. One of the things he needed to work on was strength. And granted, he still needs to work on that. But my point is, is that uh, coming from a smaller school, I think that's something you have the ability to build on in a uh, really big school or not in a big school, but in a uh, pro program. Yeah. And, you know, and Alex Kappa reminds me of Parker Iyer a little bit. Uh strength level, uh, being good on your feet, uh, both played tackle in college. You know, I, I think that's uh, another guy that's in that mold. So if they're looking to fill the pipeline, uh, and, and especially if you're expecting to lose Fulton, you, you may be uh, unhappy with Witzman if, if they're anything like me, um, and you're looking to keep that kind of athletic streak alive, Cap is a guy to look at, and I think he's going to be a day three guy, maybe a high day three guy. Um and some are saying that he's going to be a second rounder, and I, I just don't know if he's going to get that. We'll see how he tests. Uh, given that the film, he's one of those guys, like another pass rusher I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, that his level of competition on film is so drastically different than than the top five schools, the power schools, uh, that it makes it difficult to do a, a projection in my mind. So I don't see people uh, taking him all the way up into the second round because of that. I think it's a little more risk there. But, but, do, you, uh, but do you take him if you're Kansas City? and most of the high corners are gone and, and the pass rushers are gone. I think it's – if you think that you need a guard, I think it's a move that you make. In the second round? 
Or you mean later he, on the third day? No, I'm talking about if they think he's worth it. I don't yeah, know. Po- possibly. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, some of the other guys that are going to be there are, are going to be well, uh, my, available in the second round as me, well. And that's, that's probably the rub. Let me argue this point. If you think he is going to help your franchise QB and he is the best option available, you take him. It doesn't matter if, if he's not, you know, you're not going to go out and draft another QB because he's the best guy on your board. You're not going to go out and draft another uh, running back because he's the best guy on your board. You know, we don't know what's going to be there day two or, you know, well, day two and round two. Um, so, you know, you go and make that move if you think he's what uh, you need. Yeah, maybe. I'm just saying there's going to be probably four or five guards still on the board at, at pick 54. They're, I'm going to have ranked higher, and there's going to be a plethora of corners that I'm going to have ranked higher overall. Okay, I so let's, he, let's talk about your Georgia kid because I know you you want to talk about him. Yeah, um, he probably had the second best day. That's a, Isaiah Wynn, the left tackle out of the University of Georgia. He will be moving inside to guard. Uh, he and Will Hernandez out of UTEP were probably the best guards in Mobile last week. Uh, Hernandez is great, don't get me wrong, and maybe we should start with him and come back to win here in a minute because I think uh, what happened this week in Mobile kind of changed the perspective in a way that uh, the Chiefs can be happy about. Uh, Hernandez took the lead, in my mind, of anyone that was there. And granted, these are seniors. Uh, Quentin Nelson's still going to be the first guard taken, first interior lineman, period, uh, because he's a beast and he's nasty. But Will Hernandez, playing at UTEP, you know, in, in a division or a conference that, you know, maybe people don't give quite as much respect to, uh, he's a, a monster, uh, gigantic, uh, I think six seven and 340, or six five and 340. Otherwise, they'd, they'd start to complain that he's too tall to be a guard. Uh Really, really nasty. Uh, Mike Mayak compared him to Richie Incognito all week long, which I don't think is that flattering myself. But Richie's a, a natural athlete that's really nasty and finishes blocks really well, and that's what Hernandez is. Uh, the thing that I think was underrated is that he, he can play in a gap scheme. He can play in a, in a power scheme. I, I think he's fine with that. And, man, there was one play in particular during the game itself uh, where – he actually got out on a screen pass and looked really, really good. The only problem is uh, the back blew what he, his, his contact with the rusher that was coming in his place, and the, and the screen itself didn't happen. But uh, that proved to me that he can be a mover, and what that did is make him uh, a complete guard, a left guard in particular, and that took him above Isaiah Wynn for me. Uh, and I think in the eyes of most people, because he's got a little bit more edge and a, and a lot more uh, versatility. Coming back to Isaiah Wynn, I think he's a guy that is going to be best in the Chiefs scheme in a zone scheme. Very athletic. Where, where does where does Alex? Sorry, um, it wasn't Alexander. Um, the guy Hernandez. Where does Hernandez go in your opinion right now? Man, I, I think it's going to be a, a power team that's looking for him. You know, I I don't know who's going to put a guard. Uh, in the first round, other than Nelson, I think Mel- Nelson's probably a, a fifteen to twenty-five area pick. Um, I don't, I don't buy a team taking a, a guard in the top five like you've seen in a lot of mocks. Um, so that puts Hernandez probably either, <laughs> and this is going to sound if they didn't have Joe Tooney, you'd, you'd think New England, right? Because it'd just be perfect to add to their collection. Um, but I'm thinking late first, early second for Hernandez, which pushes Isaiah Wynn down to, I think, mid to low second. Easily into the 50s is my thought. Uh, maybe possibly available for the Chiefs. 
And what Win brings you is a, a, a guy that is not quite as nasty, although he does have a streak and he wins blocks with some authority. But man, he's an athlete. His feet, he is the best feet of any lineman I saw in Mobile, period, including Kappa, uh, who moves really well. The guy moves his feet in order to maintain his leverage, in order to maintain his angles between the back and his the block he's trying to make. Uh, he can reach. He can stretch. He's got a kick slide uh, from playing tackle, so in, in a pinch he could move over. Uh, I think he's a guy that playing that zone is going to be perfect because he's athletic enough to make that reach and get turned around, seal it off. Um, those reach blocks that you saw the Chiefs struggle with a lot in 2017, it's going to be a natural thing for Isaiah Wynn. Uh, and here's the kicker. Other than Hernandez... The two of them were the two most dominant linemen all week in the Senior Bowl, right? And then after the last practice, it comes out and he announces he's not going to play in the game because he has a torn labrum in one of his shoulders and he's going to go have surgery. So he basically dominated the best senior defensive lineman all week long with an injured shoulder that he has to have surgically repaired. So if that doesn't tell you something both about his dedication, his pain tolerance, as well as his skill level, uh, that really ought to be all that you need to know. So where do you think he goes? I think he goes mid to late second round. And I I will... Even with the injury? That's going to be the big question mark. Uh, I think if, if no what's one's the concerned on? about it... <clears throat> Sorry. They say he should be ready for OTAs. Okay. Is the report that I've seen now? If if the combine medicals come back different, he is having surgery this upcoming week. Uh, this is Tuesday, so probably today, as we talk about it. So by the time he gets to the combine, uh, I would expect the medicals to go over that. He probably won't participate in the combine very much, um, but he should be there. He should do the interviews and have those checks. If anything comes up that someone's concerned about, that's obviously going to drop him back, um, which probably helps the Chiefs overall. But a guy that has an injury that isn't going to prevent him from playing the regular season or being ready for camp, as far as I understand it today. Gotcha. So where, where what are you seeing CB-wise? CBs were really interesting. There's too many of them to talk about on this show. We're going to have to go into that a little bit farther. But I don't know that the seniors that you saw – in Mobile are guys that you're going to want to spend the number 54 pick on. There are a number that maybe at 86 or particularly at the fourth and fifth round picks that the Chiefs are going to have that could be depth that's going to be important. Uh, there's even a small school guy that I'm going to work on trying to get uh, get some coverage with. If we can get him on the show, we will. Uh, I will go in and, and do a story on him, but he's a little guy from a little school. Uh, I think he stands, it was five ten and a half inches, something like that. But he took on six three receivers and battled them. Very aggressive. He reminds me of a slightly smaller Steven Nelson. Like, very aggressive, very handsy, can play the press, uh, played outside in Mobile with a lot of success, especially as the week went on and he got up to speed because he plays – or played at Georgia State, the same school that Albert Wilson comes from. His name's Channon Sullivan, so we'll have more on him coming up too. Um, but I think really the Chiefs are going to have to look for their starter, their number two cornerback of 2018, I think he's going to have to come in free agency. Uh, I don't think where they're picking right now, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Alex Smith trade and what they get for picks, but I think right now uh, a top-flight corner that's going to be able to be your number two is not in the cards in the draft. Um, but there are a lot of long, tall, quick guys that can be uh, 
corners of the future that they can select on day three. Uh, and I'll have big write-ups on those as the offseason goes on. So what do you have for the other position in OLB? That's really uh, the, the most interesting one um, because I don't see anybody at the Senior Bowl that is a surefire thing. Uh, if you heard uh, Matt Miller's show with us last week, he mentioned uh, uh, Uchemi uh, Nuosa. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I might be butchering that. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, from USC, outside linebacker, he struggled pass rushing all week long. In fact, you saw him in the game in the second half playing an off-ball position, uh, some in the big nickel, some in the base as well. And I think Nuos is a, a guy that's going to have to be an inside linebacker in a 3-4 or uh, probably can function well as, as as a Sam and maybe even a Will in a 4-3 configuration, but not a guy that's going to be an edge come 2018. Uh, number of guys, Marcus Davenport was even mocked. Uh, by Daniel Jeremiah as a top 10 pick. And, man, he's got the body, long, tall, got some bend to him, uh, but struggled against average competition at tackle all week long. Uh, started to put it together a little bit in the in, at the end of the game, but uh, I think when you see what he can do uh, on tape, uh, it's another guy like uh, Kappa that gives you uh, kind of a false reading because of the level of competition that he's going at. He played at... Uh, UTSA, not something that you're going to get as much useful film on. So I think he falls easily to the second day, uh, probably even possibly into the third round. I don't know. It's going to have to see what his testing comes back at uh, and what teams get a feel for the guy. Seems like a very humble kid. Um, I think he started the week right when he said, you know, I, I've done some good work, but I have a long way to go. He's, he's aware of his situation. I think that bodes well for his future. Um, in interviews, he just comes across a lot, honestly, like D4 did. Very kind of quiet guy, pretty mellow, um, not an alpha male. And I don't know if that's something that that I'm just seeing because I've only seen him in interviews or there's something deeper beyond that, but it, it's something that bears watching. But isn't um, that kind of a position that you want an alpha male? Yeah, and, and what I'm saying is I've only seen interviews. Maybe that's just the way he is in the media because he, cut, he played at a small school and he's just not used to being in the lights or something like that. Maybe he is in the locker room and I well, just but you would think. It. You would think if he is one of those guys that was one of the best players at his school, he'd still be used to being in media. Now, maybe not near the type of media size that he would get, you know, in a senior bowl type thing, but I would still think that you'd have some experience in that. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I could be. I just, I just don't want to disparage him because I don't know for sure. So I'm trying to yeah. be a little conservative with that. Um, but seems like a nice kid, a kid that got better during the week. And I think it's, it's just a, honestly, it's another situation a lot like D Ford that. He's he's raw. He's not ready to step in and be a starter, in my opinion, from the limited film I've seen. I haven't looked at any of his film from UTSA. I, I fully admit that. So uh, if you're somebody who studied his film, let me know if I'm wrong. But I don't see him in any way to being able to be a starter, especially if we're talking like we have about D Ford moving on. Um, the other edge guy that stands out to me has kind of a small man syndrome, and I think he's going to get knocked down. Uh, Obi... Uh, Okoronkwo is how you say his last name. I'm not sure about his first, uh, but played in Oklahoma. So you've seen him. If you saw him in the semifinal, I think he got uh, a strip sack, if I remember correctly, against Georgia. I have to go back and look at that. But a guy who, who's come up with some big plays at six foot one and three eighths. No, uh, you're, you're forgetting if it was Georgia that he had a big play against? 
I, I can't. I just can't recall. I'll have to go back and look at the film. It's uh-huh. late. What do you want? Yeah, right. <laughs> Georgia. But, He's an undersized guy for an edge, basically. Uh, and I, I know people came in and during the week, the announcers were, were commenting on him you know, lining up a DN. He's not a DN, but he can play outside linebacker. There's a difference. He rushes better out of a two-point stance, as does Davenport, in my, in my opinion. Uh, both guys that have to rush out of a two-point um, and I think he's a guy that can get to the point where he, he plays all three downs. He plays the run fairly well. He's just he's a little reliant on an inside spin move, uh, but he does have the burst and the juice to get around the edge. Uh, not the bendiest guy, but he's got some. I would say probably a, as much as D Ford, in my opinion. And I think he's a guy that most teams are going to knock down uh, because of his height. Uh, now, you know, I talked with John Ledger a little bit and he doesn't think so. He thinks that the length of his arms, which is the key thing that gives him leverage and lets him pass rush. Well, uh, he, John feels that he's going to go in the second round, uh, and not going to get knocked down farther than that. So we're going to have to see how that comes out. But I think Aronco is a guy that, uh, you're going to be seeing in my mocks. Cause I think where he goes fits the chiefs and fits what the chiefs do. And the last guy that we should probably mention is, uh, Kimiko, uh, Toure. Out of Rutgers. Uh, very long, bendy guy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Leonard Floyd a couple of years ago. Um, very bendy, good ankle flexion. He can get to that edge, and you see, you know, kind of like Von Miller, when you see his body contorted and leaned in, he can do that. But that's pretty much all he can do at this point. Uh, doesn't have much power. I see him get washed and beat up in the run game. He can't set the edge. Uh, I don't see much of a bull rush out of him. He can spin. I think I saw that a couple times. Uh, but he is a speed outside edge rusher around the long way. So uh, I think he's pretty limited. I People seem to be very, very high on him. A lot of draft analysts. I personally am not. But uh, as we look at the Rutgers tape going forward and we see how he tests, uh, his athleticism may be the thing that, that makes him a second or third round pick just because of his potential and his athleticism. So... Now, that's the big overview, and we'll go more into both those positions as we go along. I'm curious, any mention, any thought of uh, Shaquem Griffin? I like what he does. Here's the problem. And, and I, it has and nothing I might to do have, I might have butchered that name. I apologize if I did. No, I think you're fine. Uh, Shaquem, I think that's what how it's pronounced. Uh, I haven't heard anything else. So, uh, Here's the thing, and, if, and folks, if you didn't watch the Senior Bowl – uh, his brother Shaquille plays in the league. I want to say in Seattle, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, this guy is a little over six foot, 225 pounds, I want to say, uh, and has played his entire career without his left hand, uh, which I believe was amputated when he was four years old. Nice player. They moved him around. He played in the back uh, at safety. He played linebacker. He played edge rusher. Uh, in fact, Romeo was uh, was interviewed talking about him, about how he's so versatile. And I like what he does. He's He's got some some explosiveness that he can get around the edge. Uh, again, a, a speed situation at 220 pounds. You know, you don't want him trying to go inside. Um, can definitely play a nickel linebacker, which I think in the league is going to be his thing. He can, he can initially make it as um, a special teams only guy. Uh, but I think nickel linebacker is a thing that he can do well because he's he's kind of a tweener right between a linebacker and a safety. Um, so I, I think he's a guy that 
definitely has earned, uh, and he doesn't even have a combine invite yet. Supposedly they're waiting on that. I think he'll get to the combine. I think he'll get drafted. I think he will make a roster. And in a year or two, maybe even three, being a guy that can be in position to be a nickel linebacker in a sub package that can make a positive impact on a team. And I don't think his hand has anything to do with it. It's interesting. And I was I was going to ask you that before we got uh, before we got done with it. You know, if he was if he did have that other hands, is that something that really changes his draft stock? Stock? No. Does it change what he can do on a daily basis? Sure. I mean, well, right. But yeah, I don't I don't think it changes his draft stock much at all. I mean, this guy has performed at UCF. Uh, and been honored. I, I can't even run them all down. I'd have to pull up his bio, but I know he, he's won accolades. He's a good football player. He's very good at college. He's just kind of a tweener in the league. And so finding a role for him might be a little bit of a challenge, but he's definitely got the athleticism. I, I'm sure they're going to bring him to the combine, uh, although he was passed over the first go around. But, uh, and so look for that. And I think his testing is going to come out very positive for him. And I think he's a guy that seems to have a very good attitude about everything, uh, which is funny because he was, he was on television being interviewed by, uh, yeah, I, saw I can't that. remember her name right now, uh, Alex Flanagan. Yeah. And literally while he's being interviewed, he missed a, a special teams <laughs> unit that he was supposed to be on. Uh, but, you know, laughed it off. I mean, that's something that, you know, people get a little stressed out about but again i think it went to his character and, and i thought it was funny so it, he dealt with it well and he's a guy that i think everybody should keep an eye on whether he ends up in kansas city i think they've got enough nickel linebackers so i don't i don't know that they're going to get a whole lot of interest from the chiefs but I, I think the guy will make a roster somewhere and that's probably a good stopping point for now we can go into depth about all these positions and we will folks we're gonna we're gonna come back we're gonna talk super bowl later this week and, and the ties that the Chiefs have, next week we're going to start doing position reviews in earnest, looking at who's on the roster, who needs to be replaced, who needs to be retained. And then we're going to start talking about these guys, looking at potential draft picks, draft prospects, especially the underclassmen that we didn't see at the Senior Bowl uh, that we're going to have to talk about as well. So, um, Chris, anything else that you're interested in? No, I think you uh, summed it up for me. All right. Well, folks, that's it for us today. Tomorrow, big day, Amy Trask is with us. So thanks for listening today, and make sure you listen tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.